Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Hello everyone, this is Giles Milton, the host of Unknown History and the author of When Hitler Took Cocaine and Lenin Lost His Brain. For this week's episode, we have a special guest, author and historian Shane White. Shane is a Chalice Professor of History and an Australian Professorial Fellow in the History Department of the University of Sydney, specialising in African American history. His book, Prince of Darkness, The Untold Story of Jeremiah G. Hamilton, Wall Street's First Black Millionaire, came out last year, but it'll be available in paperback this coming September 2016. Hi, Shane. Hi, Giles. The story you tell in Prince of Darkness is absolutely fascinating. Can you tell us a little bit about Jeremiah G. Hamilton? Jeremiah Hamilton is a, was a black man who was uh, born in 1807 and lived till 1875. And he, in contradistinction to the usual stereotypes of uh, black men in New York in the 19th century, was a huge economic success, in fact, became a millionaire. Um, he was as crooked as everyone else was on Wall Street. He first made money by, he specialised in over-insuring ships and then arranging to sink them and claiming the insurance money or in playing very fast and loose with uh, contracts and taking money uh, off, uh, off, off white men on, on, on Wall Street. He made a fortune in the mid-1830s, um, bought heavily into real estate, so he owned a good proportion of Poughkeepsie and a, a hunk of Astoria in, the 18, in 1836, but he bought about two weeks before the crash and got wiped out and went bankrupt. But then he, unlike uh, many Americans who also went bankrupt in the in the 1837 panic, he actually came back uh, and made money on Wall Street in the 1840s and 1850s, was a millionaire at least by 1852 um, and uh, sort of formed what was called a pool, which was a, a forerunner of a hedge fund in which whites would give him money and then he would invest that money on the stock exchange. So you had a black man picking stocks in mostly railroad stocks when those railroads wouldn't allow him to be a passenger on the trains uh, for the benefit of uh, white investors. Uh, he, in 1863, in the draft riots, perhaps the worst week in New York's race history, a mob went to his door on East 29th Street, chanting 6868, that was the number of the house, so they were targeting his house. And when his wife confronted the mob and said, what do you want? They said, we're after your husband, we want to hang him from the lamppost out the front. But Hamilton was was no idiot. He had actually scarpered over the back fence and uh, d disappeared. Um, so he was a prominent, well-known black figure in New York City for four decades, basically. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Why is his story important, both in terms of how he defied race and class stereotypes of the times? He was, um, uh, he was a, a very sort of appealing figure to me in many ways. He, he, um, he wasn't a turn-the-other-cheek type of person. If you hit him, he hit you and added 10% for interest. Uh, he retaliated. Um, um, he, he also defies other stereotypes as well. So he was married to a white woman. Um, now, there, there's a lot of interracial sex going, going on in New York and uh, black men and white women. There, there are many examples of black men having relationships with white women, but mostly they're uh, sort of quick, fleeting relationships. He was married to... In 1837, as a, when he is uh, 28, 29 years old, he gets a 14-year-old white girl pregnant. They live together for 40 years and have 10 children, um, which, again, just, it just defies the stereotypes. Virtually everything you look at him, he runs against the grain of what we expect African-Americans to be doing in New York City. Um, so he didn't just stay in New York. He, in 1870, travels to France and is uh, swanning around Paris, as it happens just before the Prussian army lays siege to it. So he has to leave very, very quickly and go to London. But um, uh, he does all sorts of things that you just wouldn't expect a black man to be doing. The book has some really interesting tidbits about what Wall Street was like back in the 19th century. Can you give us a window into that world and how different it was? Everyone sort of thinks of Wall Street as being a sort of a very august place. Uh, This is a place that's serious. This is a place where people make money. Uh, But reading the records, and I sat and went through the Stock Exchange's minute book on records for 25 years. Um, it, it, what would surprise me was how, how different and how lively the place was in all sorts of ways. Um, uh, just for example, uh, when, the, when the board is being called, when there's different stocks are being called out by the chairman of the stock exchange, people are cracking jokes, knocking hats off one another's heads and being fined for, for, for this. Um, or just another example, if you actually walk down Wall Street in the afternoon, I think it was on Wednesdays, um, uh, Wall Street, far from being a place where you bought and sold shares, was actually a dog market. You could buy dogs if you wanted to buy a pet dog. 
Uh, Wall Street was the place you went in the eighteen in the eighteen forties. Um, this was utter news to me and was surprising and sort of humanises, I think, uh, Wall Street. Um, so that was that they they may be uh, sort of imposing granite fronted buildings with columns, but there were real live human beings down there buying and selling dogs as well as shares. Finally, how did you first hear about Jeremiah Hamilton and what compelled you to write a whole book about him? Uh, My entire career has been about writing about ordinary African-Americans and I spend a lot of time reading, I've probably read 100,000 court cases for New York City and a couple hundred thousand pages of newspaper. Hamilton, I kept on bumping into him in little captions and I I was a bit surprised by it um, because they were... Talking, they were talking about a, a, a guy on Wall Street, and I assumed he was white. Um, but I discovered he was black, and though I had, as I said, made a career out of writing about ordinary African Americans, this extraordinary African American grabbed my attention, in part because he was, he just, he was discriminated against. But he overcame that and just rode roughshod over anyone who objected to him on racial grounds. So he was probably the person who desegregated Delmonico's um, just by just simply ignoring any idea they may have had that blacks weren't allowed to be uh, served and and, and eat there. And he really couldn't care less. He just um, sort of spat in the face of elite white New York in, in many ways. And that's appealing. I find that... I find that interesting. Thanks so much, Shane. Check out his book, Prince of Darkness, available at all book retailers now and coming soon in paperback. Tune in for more quirky tales from the past on unknown history, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play and quickanddirtytips.com. And if you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps other listeners find the show and know what to expect. And if you're loving the podcast, then check out my book, When Hitler Took Cocaine and Lenin Lost His Brain, available at all book retailers now. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution.